What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 75 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. You've tried the rest, now try the best. Now with butter instead of margarine. We're here with Mike. How's it going, Mike? Going good. Uh, I, I've got a lot of uh, good grades so far for my classes at WCU. I think I'm going to pass every single class with the lowest score being a B. Which is pretty good for me, nerd. Um, I might even might even get all A's, which would be pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling good about that. I just watched a crazy football game where the Dallas Cowboys were playing the Oakland Raiders, and it was like this: both teams needed the win to stay alive and for any kind of slim playoff hopes. And it came down to a piece of paper and a ball that got knocked out of bounds and in the end zone so it ended up being a touchback because the Raiders quarterback is is decided to be a hero instead of taking you know get the yards kick the field goal go to overtime David Carr's like I'm gonna be Superman and he runs and then a player that so many Cowboys fans including myself have dogged the entire season he saves the season by making Carr have to adjust himself and he fumbles the ball out of the end zone he doesn't even get it across the plane. So he doesn't score the touchdown to save his team season. He fumbles the ball out of the back of the end zone. And the Cowboys somehow hold on. It was the craziest shit. I, I, I totally thought it was over because there was a pass interference penalty on, on uh, Jordan Lewis, the Cowboys cornerback. And I was like, oh shit, Like that's it. This is how it's going to end. And then somehow, some way, the Cowboys, I guess, pulled a horseshoe out of their ass and won tonight. So, yeah, I'll you, take it. You know, I got to say, I got to play supportive girlfriend role right now because I could give a fuck less about football, but you're into it, so I support it. Yeah, I mean, it was just one of those, like, it definitely just kind of tie into what we're talking about today because we're, we, we're, t- today is a miracle, a, a, a special Yes, we're about doing all about a, miracles. We're doing a special all about miracles. Um, before we get to that, there's a few things. Uh, you know, you people. Because it was definitely a miracle that the Cowboys won this game. It well, was absolutely ridiculous. It's crazy. I can throw in what very little sports talk I know. Our my home team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, won our game today as well. Which uh, well, cool. the Jags are playing well. Yeah, this 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 season they are, and uh, for once. Um, in many years, um, do you have any family members who are Jags fans? Like, how are how are they? Yeah, you know, are they getting every, all crazy about it, or are they just like preparing themselves for like a potential letdown? Like, that'd be kind of how I would be. Like, I'd be like ex- excited, but I'm and, and I'm that's kind of how I am with this this season so far. I'm like, just stay alive. Maybe we'll make the playoffs. Maybe we won't. I, I just I just want to make every game. For the rest of the season means something so it's not just oh let's get ready for the draft already you know well my family they're mainly into college football they don't really like um mm-hmm. you know the professional level stuff well, i guess probably, there's a lot of college florida's teams have struggled especially this year they were struggled bad like florida the university of florida is just bad this year yeah, I don't fucking know. I don't care about any of that stuff. But in <laughs> in relation to um, speaking of the Jaguars, our own Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries channel moderator and the guy who designed the thumbnail or the graphic art that you're looking at right now on your device, 
to our podcast, um, Thomas Hatfield. He came to Jacksonville to watch the Jaguar game, and we, I just got back from having a beer with Mr. Thomas Hatfield, the only person who uh, listens to the podcast that I've actually met in person, because believe it or not, folks, me and Mike are in two completely opposite ends of the country right now (laughs) never met in person which is crazy like the more i think about it because i don't really think you're like a real person you know i just you're like some computer (laughs) thing you know you're like a digital amalgamation of various human vocal samples i'm just an algorithm yeah i'm just an unsolved mysteries algorithm that's right you're not a real guy sentient yep (laughs) So I got to hang out with him. Um, I'm actually still nursing a beer right now because we had a few beers at this uh, hookah lounge I like to frequent. And, uh, dude, Thomas is cool as shit, man. If anybody ever has the opportunity to hang out with Thomas, you should take it because he's a cool guy. Um, he really That's helped. That's really cool. Yeah, It's awesome that you guys uh, hooked up. Yeah, he really helped us out, you know, when we were going through that uh, loss, well, not lawsuit, oh, but yeah. the cease and desist thing. Well, the rebranding. The rebranding, and, yeah. And his help was definitely invaluable, for sure. Yeah, we needed a new logo, and, and he did it, like, just lickety-split, and it was awesome, so it was really cool hanging out with him. Um, I was hoping to meet him and his wife, because, you know, that he brought her as well, but I guess she was feeling, like, tuckered out from the Jaguar game and all that. I could understand, like... Mm-hmm. You know, that that stuff can go really long. Tuckered it out from that just epic beatdown of the Texans. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I didn't even know who they played, but I guess It looked them. like a college score. Was it, What did the Jags score? 50-something points? It was like 42 to 7 or something like that. Okay, it was not... I think that might have been... Yeah, or something. It was just crazy. There's a lot of blowouts. So, the Seahawks got absolutely taken to the fucking woodshed by the Rams in Seattle. Wow. A lot of Seahawks fans near me are not happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also uh, I also played a show this weekend. I had a pretty busy fucking weekend, man. Like I my, did you have? Was it good? Did it go great? Yeah, it did. Like my ba- I have a band. Uh, it was a m- I wish I was there. It, I just you know, there's just no way for right, me to be there. I know that's the thing that sucks, man. It's I tr- like I tried to be there in spirit, though. Yeah, I, fe- I felt you. <laughs> I felt something touch touch my ass at some point. I was like, well, that's Mike. That's Mike's spirit weird <laughs> sexual harassment anyway i don't know why i don't know why i made it weird and say and say that you know i could have just not but anyway that wouldn't be the podcast that's the podcast right i mean that uh, you got to make it weird exactly i got to make that everyone... could just be like a tagline <laughs> gotta make it weird gotta make it weird <laughs> but no the show went great my band dancing with ghosts you can find us on facebook all that shit no it, the show went really well i was um i actually made these video clips on final cut my editing program i made these video clips to go along with the songs so like when because i'm thinking to myself like in this smartphone age it's not enough i feel like it's sadly it's not enough to just go up and play like really awesome music i feel like you also need like some kind of visual gimmick to like draw Mm -hmm. people in so i made like this video i brought i even brought like a little tv that i put on stage and at first like before we we were setting up like the other bands were kind of like kind of like joking about it i don't think they knew it was our tv up there like oh what are you gonna be able to sing along with the bands as we play tonight or something they're kind of you know goofing on it and shit but i honestly feel like when we went up and played and the images were going along with our music i think it was like oh now we get it like this is awesome and it did kind of like uh the sermon i saw at church this morning I, i i didn't go because it's miracles episode because it's miracles special it's a miracle special I went because I just wanted to, you know, support my family. Appease your like stepdad that. and appease your step or appease your mom yeah, and stepdad. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, it's the holidays, you know, 
in in the holiday spirit, you know, support him. It's not my thing. I mean, singing was the best part. That was fun. They had a live band and everything. But the sermon was just this guy who's trying to be funny, oh, and it was just cringe-inducing, and then the sermon was just really dark. Oh, God. <laughs> and it was, it was all talking about, you know, the slaughter and, like, a eunuch and all this other shit, and I was just like, whoa. See, like, yeah, like, that's the thing about it. every time I went to church, they'd always start off real strong. It would be like a stand-up comedian. They'd always come in, like, real strong and get you laughing and stuff. And, and, but then at some point, if you're at church, they have to go into it, the sermon. They have to go into the meat and potatoes of the Bible. And that shit, there's no way to really uh, razzle-dazzle that. It's just kind of like... You know, and then Unith begat Bethazameth, and Bethazameth begat Joseph, and Joseph went to... But I mean, to- yeah, he was just connecting the lamb thing and the whole, you know, the sacrifice of the lamb with the whole Christmas thing, because we celebrate Christmas because, you know, Jesus and all that. And I, I just didn't really like the whole sort of connection he's making. Like, he brought up the whole, like, sacrifice of the firstborn sons and was like, that's a necessary thing. I'm like, I... I, I vehemently disagree with that aspect of the bible i think that well is i would certainly hope that up. i would certainly hope that he's not saying uh nowadays it's still necessary no thing. he's that, not but that would be a problem i think you need to call the <laughs> cops at that point <laughs> do you remember that big controversy in the 90s uh you po- i don't know like this might what, have been tammy faye ba- tammy faye baker or something no. and the guy no no that's not what i was gonna jimmy say swaggert nope no nope. i was gonna say like <laughs> I don't know if it was just a Southern thing, but like there was this big controversy in the 90s from what I remember where like they started using Xmas instead of Christmas in like. Oh, yeah. It's kind of what we're doing now with Happy Holidays. Yeah. And like there was There's all like these even entire movies that are about that. They're going to take Christmas they're away They're trying from to take us. Christ out of Christmas. They're, they're Xing <laughs> him out, you know. It, yeah, there was an actual movie. Josh, that had that line of dialogue. They're trying to take Christ out of Christmas. Yeah, well, that was like kind of the hack, like Christian go-to saying in the '90s was they're taking Christ out of Christmas, and it's like they're not. Yeah, no, they're not thinking about the fact that maybe you know, like a crisscross, you know, Chris, Christ, crisscross. You know, maybe that's and why the you, X. And did you also know that back, you know, the whole the date of Christmas is actually the whole celebration goes back to a pagan yeah, celebration. Yeah. Yule. Yeah. The Yule time, you know, yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all kerfuckulated into something else. And that's a word. <laughs> kerfuckulated. That's a word I made up, but it's, you know, you get what I'm conveying with kerfuckulated. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's just one giant bowl of clusterfuck. It's like buy your relatives, something they'll appreciate, spend time with your family, you know, light an apple cinnamon scented candle and shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> that's pretty much all there is to it. Sit down, you know, just be humble. It doesn't matter whether you call it happy holidays, Xmas, Christmas. I love how uh, Merry Christmas, I love how some, Happy Holidays. Doesn't none of that matters. Some people like uh, some people be like, well, they celebrate Kwanzaa and they celebrate you know this, that, and the other. Why can't and we festivus. celebrate Christmas? It's like who the fuck do you know that celebrates Kwanzaa? Honestly, who do you? I mean, you I'm know, not gonna go there. Oh, <laughs> well, it's just such a no. It's such a like a moot point, you know. Like I, they're they're trying to act like Christmas is being phased out. It's like motherfucker, Christmas as long as the, you have a holiday that's fueled by people buying yeah, exactly. shit, it it's will like never why, be phased it out. It will never be phased out ever. So it's uh, the whole thing. It's just it is. It's a pointless argument. It's like why are you wasting your time? Why are you raising your blood pressure 
and getting stressed out over what people are choosing to say. They're, they're choosing to say it differently than you. Whatever. They choose to celebrate things differently than you do. Whatever. You know, it's fear. It's fear-based. People, there's certain people in this country who are there's so... nothing wrong with that. They're so afraid that, like, things are going to change. Well, there, there's definitely a lot wrong with fear-based stuff, but I'm saying, like, there's nothing wrong with just doing, you know, what you feel is right. So I got, like, one more, like, exciting, well, thing to talk about before we get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. So I was out today, and I come home around, I don't know, 7.30, 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I pull up in my driveway, and my fucking front door is open to my house. Ooh, shit. Yeah. And I go to mm. walk up to my house, and I see that the door is open. I instantly stop. I go, whoa. Like jo- yeah. like Joey from Blossom. Whoa. <laughs> uh, and I I take some paces backwards. I start walking oh, yeah. back. like uh, And then I like run out to the road, you know, like... This is never a good sign. No. I am, dude, I am fucking meticulous about locking my doors when I leave. I live by myself, mm-hmm. you know. I, I And in that neighborhood with, like, the lawnmower creepy, man. you know, crackhead lawnmower yeah, man. Yeah, he's moved and, away, thankfully, but, yeah, it's still not a, a, a fantastic... And the people who come up at night, you know, and ask you for st- gasoline, yeah, and, and gasoline and all that shit, yeah. Yeah, so, I'm like what the fuck because like i even had a friend with me and i'm like you saw me lock that door right and they're like yeah and i'm like well shit that's what i thought too so i called the cops dude like i called the cops today <laughs> and i'm not one of these people where like drama happens in my life like that i'm a very boring old man you know like i thrive on Except routine when you got busted with the dui or something yeah, well, you know that's maybe there's it. maybe there are some things here and there that are a little spotty but <laughs> this is one of those things where you've like, been a good boy since though. yeah you're, you haven't been on the naughty list no so i call the cops and like and two cops show up and and they're two <laughs> so two female cops show up and i'm like i don't know dude i'm not what try- are the chances of that i'm not trying to be sexist or anything but like i'm thinking to myself like me as a guy i'm calling like two female cops to come and like make sure there's no bad guys in my house i i never felt like i should have been wearing a dress more in my life than in that moment like just uh, <laughs> can you make sure the bad men aren't in my house <laughs> and they're like they're like well i mean you, you technically could pull that off so <laughs> oh i know i mike's referring to my videos uh, my makeup tutorial i did and some other videos in my, on my youtube channel where i had to dress and drag to like pull off a female character and i make a sexy woman i'm not gonna lie but anyway (laughs) anyway these these like these cops show up and they're like come here and they're like do they is there any weapons in the house i'm like no and they're like is there any um is or they asked me something else i was like no you know is there any valuables something like i don't know i mean mean, i'm sure they They should have asked like is there any valuables yeah my unsolved mysteries ultimate box set dude everything was racing through my (laughs) mind like there's so much shit in here that people could easily steal oh my god like this is a nightmare and like i did get renter's insurance thankfully like a few weeks Uh ago which does cover theft so 
But I mean, it still would have been a huge hassle and a lot of this shit you can't replace. So they they like walk up to the door and they're like they're like casing my house. These cops. I've never it's kind of cool to see cops in action because you like you never get to really see that in person. Mm -hmm. And they got their like flashlights drawn and their guns drawn and they're like all in formation and shit. And they're like Mm -hmm. walking around my the front of my house. And I'm like, wow, this is like crazy, but it's cool at the same time. Um, but then at the same time too, it was embarrassing as shit because their flashlights are really bright. And so like the neighbors were like starting to come out, like, what are these cops oh, doing no. here? Yeah. Oh. And like here, my house is like lit up with these flashlights from these cops. Uh. And then the girl gets up to the door and she goes, sheriff's office. <laughs> and she like yells that, you know, into the house. Uh. And then they like walk in and I hear him yell it again, sheriff's office. And they like go through my house. And the whole time, I'm like, shit, 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 shit. You know, did they ransack the house? Am I going to hear gunshots? And then they come out, and they're, like, saying stuff to each other, and they're kind of, like, laughing, you know, to one another. And I'm like, okay, so my house obviously isn't ransacked because they wouldn't be smiling and joking with each other uh-huh. and shit. They were probably saying to each other, man, what a pussy this guy is, like, <laughs> as they are walking back to me. <laughs> and so they come back and, like, well, you know, we don't see any signs of, of uh, forced entry, and your house doesn't look ransacked. I mean, you can go in there and check and see if anything looks stolen, but uh, the door must not have closed all the way or something. And then the sugar, uh, the cherry on top is they go, yeah, it wasn't even locked. <laughs> Dude, I don't know... I mean, this is just all this is is evidence that I need to live in a home like I need to live in a retirement home. I clearly can't handle living on my own. I'm so meticulous about logging. I can't believe I not only did I not lock my fucking door. I just got in my car and left with door (laughs) ajar. Hey, I hey, I've done some stupid shit, too. I left my wallet on the counter in a pawn shop. It got stolen. And then I called the cops immediately and everything. But there's a great ending to this story because it's, it's actually pretty funny. Uh, it, while I'm there, the wallet's been stolen already and I'm still in the pawn shop. And the pawn shop owners are looking up some stuff, looking up security footage, you know, the security camera footage. And the cops are there. And they see the security camera footage. They see the guy who stole it. was like... And they like name drop, they totally just name drop the guy. Like they just off the top of their head, like, hey, that's what's his name. Like, what are you doing, man? (laughs) And because he's like a regular customer at the pawn shops, all they did is just look up his fucking address in their their, uh, database. And then, like, yeah, we got it. And, And I just went home. And then later, like, the police came and knocked on the door. And I was actually in the shower and like I, I heard the knock. And I'm like, oh, shit, what the hell? And I'm like, oh, it might be the cops. So, like, I get out of the shower as soon as possible and, like, dry. I've never dried my body faster. Like, it's just <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh. Isn't that how it and, always works? They always knock on your door when you're in the fucking shower, I swear to God. And then I I, I didn't even have time to put on a shirt and I, or my glasses. So I'm just running down there. You know, no shirt, no glasses. What? You know, officer. Uh, yeah, you know, open the door. It's a cop. I'm like, oh, it's like we got your wallet. I'm like, oh, awesome. Thank you, thank you so much. And the cops like, yeah, it's this crazy story. You know, I called this guy up, and I said, you know, you got two options: give me the wallet, or you're going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I love how matter of fact the cop was, and the, and the cops like, yeah, he, he he gave me the wallet, so here it is. It, did, and I the, never did the guy get charged like with anything at all or not really I mean because it was just like he, he 
it was one of the, like he only like cashed like a twenty and like I lost five bucks. Maybe so. it was like one of those things where it's like since it was like a wallet abandoned somewhere, the the guy can't really get charged that much because it wasn't technically stealing because it. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't his property, well, but... Well, it's technically his stealing well, if you leave it, you know. Well, what about, like, you know, what's the difference between leaving it on the counter in a pawn shop and leaving it on the ground in the pawn shop, you know what I mean? If it was on the, gr- yeah, if it was yeah. on the ground, it's, like, yeah. fair game, but on the counter, all of a sudden, it's not, you know? It's, maybe they looked yeah, at it kind of like that. Yeah, I could, you could definitely look at it like that, for sure. But it's my fault for being a dumbass. Dude, I was... I yours, felt like, I felt like, yours, yours sounds like a try-not-to-cringe challenge. That's what that was. Dude, it was, like it was embarrassing. Just being like people and the neighbors coming in, looking around, seeing the lights, and like, oh, what's going on over here? And dude, it was so embarrassing because, like, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's like, it's like you, you, I'm such a control freak of my own life. So when something like this happens, you know, like it's like this is out of my control. The cops. Well, are just here look and- at it like this, Josh. Everything happens for a reason. You. Apparently left your door unlocked and everything turned out okay, but now you just got to be even more obsessive yeah, yeah, it, over making sure the door is locked. Yeah, so that was that was scary as hell, and man, I just... God. Yeah. Well, I could see why. That'd be terrifying. It, dude. We've done things like we've left the garage door open or whatever, or the door's been unlocked, but we live in a neighborhood like where pretty much nothing ever happens. Well, it's a testament to how safe this neighborhood is, apparently, because the door was fucking open for four hours <laughs> and no one... Nobody just walked in. Yeah, and no just one just walked in. They, they, they could have, you know? I mean, shit. You could have just walked up and there's people just shuffling out with all this stuff. Get in the car and drive off. Hey, no, not my unsolved mysteries, box <laughs> You bastard. You know what's funny? If someone like broke in here, I I doubt they'd even take that because they'd be like, oh, but DVDs, those aren't worth anything. You know? Yeah, I know, I know. But there are people on eBay who think they're worth something. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's diehard twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> God damn, dude. If it gets up any higher, I might have to sell. <laughs> you're not you're not gonna get that for that it's yeah. never gonna happen i don't know it's, it's one sold for like 300 recently if it was fat so. if it was factory sealed maybe but i don't know even then <laughs> i doubt it so yeah that was pretty dumb but and speaking of dumb things we, that oh, ties into yeah, our first does. segment yeah this is the case okay so we're covering miracles since it's you know the christmas fucking season and you should have joy in your fucking heart <laughs> Um, I would have loved it if, like, you had like a sermon. It was like, "Hey, it's the Christmas season. It, you need to have joy in your fucking heart. You need to love everyone, love one another, love I don't everyone. Want to you hear shit, any shit from anybody." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this is the case of Don Hamilton, um, Blasty and the Facey and, Man. He, and this guy has a one hell of a mustache. Uh, th- you know, I'm not trying to steal. Perhaps it's you shtick right now, but no, but, I'm not either. But Don but just Hamilton, look at this guy. Don Hamilton has uh, M- MV- uh, MVM of the week, most valuable mustache. <laughs> uh, we don't even do that shtick, but but I'm I'm co-opting their shtick for our podcast. Don Hamilton has the most valuable mustache of the week, and you can tell Liz and Sam that I said that. <laughs> because it's going to probably take them 20 years to get to, you know, because they're going in order. And that's another podcast, yeah. by the way. Perhaps it's you. You guys should check it out. Well, this is season one, I think. Oh, so they'll probably get to it yeah, pretty right. soon or might have, might have already gotten to it. That's true. And if they didn't nominate him, then I would love to see 
who beat him out because he's got a <laughs> fine mustache. I can't grow the a mustache. handlebar, man. It's like a Wyatt Earp mustache, like old Western cowboy. That, this is a what in tarnation mustache. <laughs> Like by far. Well, what in tarnation indeed for what he ended up doing that that made him in the hospital, you know, got him in the hospital. So this guy, this guy pulled an accidental Kurt Cobain. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna say, so it go. The story goes like this: Before dawn on November eighth, nineteen eighty seven, dawn. Uh, so we're talking about dawn D A W N. Before dawn on November eighth, D O N. Don Hamilton and a group of his friends went out deer hunting in a wooded area about 175 miles north of their hometown, Maple Plain, Minnesota. Ah, Minnesota. Again, shout out to the Perhaps It's You girls. Um, they're from Minnesota. Don went into a tree and laid his back on a branch. However, his gun slipped from his grasp, hit off the ground, and shot him. Unfortunately, his friends did not know where he was, so it took them 25 agonizing minutes to find him. The bullet was from his rifle and had severed crucial veins in his leg. Okay, so he didn't quite do a Kurt Cobain because Kurt Cobain no. was straight to the... Uh, but this is totally a Darwin Award, at least a Darwin Award nominee. Like, what are you doing getting up in a tree with a loaded rifle? Yeah, I are mean... Are deers really worth that much? Like, I, how, how, how much better is your shot going to be at a deer if you're up in, on top of a tree? And I, I don't remember exactly how Minnesota. I don't remember exactly how the yell went that in the reenactment when he shot himself, but it was it was noteworthy enough that I noted it in my notes as <laughs> Y U H H H exclamation point. So it was like yeah, <laughs> it was a it was a comical yell. Um, so twenty minutes. I've expected him to make the goofy laugh or the goofy noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> or the or the wilhelm scream or something like that uh so 20 minutes later don was rushed to a nearby hospital although he was technically alive he had no blood pressure that's not a good thing no <laughs> <laughs> uh blood pressure means your heart is beating so not having that I, I don't know how you're technically alive but i'm no doctor he was also comatose and had lost 60 percent of his own blood I can, dude, I gave, um, I, I, the, uh, the many times I've gotten tested for STDs, um, I've, <laughs> I've had to give blood, um, I don't like condoms, folks, so instead I just go and get tested for STDs a lot, uh, you know, whatever, I'm being honest right now, I've had some drinks, settle down, okay, this isn't a children's podcast. <laughs> So I've given a little bit of blood for these STD tests. I can't imagine uh, they all came back po uh, negative, <laughs> negative, not almost, positive. Almost said positive. <laughs> I was thinking positive being good, but in this case, positive <laughs> is not good. Um, but yeah, dude, just they all came back positive, <laughs> like positive in a good way, positively negative. Um, and even giving a little bit of blood for those tests, like I don't know if it's like a placebo thing, like a mental thing, where you you literally like. They stick the needle in you and you see mm -hmm. the blood spurting into the little vial that Ooh, they have to collect. Yeah. But there's just something about that sight that makes you almost want to faint. Like you feel yeah. this heaviness in your soul. The, the only time I've been able to deal with my blood being drawn is when my mom, because she, she's a phlebotomist or was a phlebotomist. She would just show up and be like, hey, I need to draw your blood this morning. I'm like, no, I don't want to. And then just do it in my bed while I'm in bed. And then like I, she just gets it done super quick, quick gets a needle in before I even know anything. 
Like, no, I don't want to. It's already in there. What? Yeah, doing it in bed, I can see that okay. being a good thing because even if you do faint, you're in bed, so it doesn't matter. But um, I tried to donate blood uh, last year sometime, or maybe maybe it was early this year, and I just, I, I don't know, I tensed up too much, and my veins just decided to move all over the fucking place, and it just didn't work out. Yeah, so he lost sixty percent of his blood. This guy who blew his Damn. his 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 leg off essentially, or or severed arteries in his vein. Doc he shot himself in the foot, literally. Yep. Doctors worked hard to save his life. They attempted to resuscitate him, operated on the veins um, in his leg, and gave him as much blood as possible. And they even said in the reenactment that they gave him all the blood. The, the, and I remember this phrase. He goes, "We gave him all the blood products in our hospital, and he needed more." So the local hospital's attempts to save him weren't successful. So he was helicoptered 200 miles away to the North Memorial Medical Center in Minneapolis. Uh, Don's brain showed no signs of life. All uh, tests showed that he was brain dead. And again, in, in, the doctor they interviewed was saying like all the tests of basic human life function, he was failing. Is the, the the you know some of these tests. Uh, some of these functions of your body are buried so deep in your brain and they're very well protected mm -hmm. that you at least would have to have these basic reflexes to be considered alive because those are the most protected, you know, like your, I guess, eyes dilating, certain things like that are very well protected in the brain. So he wasn't even doing that. Mm -hmm. Um so when his parents were told the news that he was brain dead, they 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 couldn't accept it. They they just they're they're like, you know, I don't accept that straight up. They told the doctor that they prayed for him and they had their church members pray for him. However, Don's condition continued to worsen. His body began to fail him. His kidneys and lungs stopped functioning. He also went under cardiac arrest. Nevertheless, his parents continued praying and even talked to him as if he were awake. Now, I've heard that that's like a big thing with human beings yeah. or plants or anything. If you know, plants. you remember that whole um, there was that whole test with like rice. No, it wasn't rice. It was like a, it was three plants. One plant was neglected and, and they didn't say anything to the plant. The other plant, the guy yelled insults at. And then the third plant, the guy said complimentary things to. And they tested it after like a month or two months or something. And the plant that he the guy would compliment flourished. The one that he said insults to didn't grow as well, and the one that was neglected grew like even worse. I don't know. I, I want to see this like study. Like it kind of sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. It sounds, but, you know, it sounds I'll, I'll slightly like bullshit for plants, but I can <laughs> see for people like there is yeah. like a like a brain thing to like talking to someone as if they're well, still yeah. around. Uh, look, look at, for instance, uh, the, the, one of the many awful experiments the Nazis did, they did one where they had these babies and they s saw what would happen if you had these babies where you gave them everything, you gave them food, you gave them attention, you gave them all of the things that they need versus just neglecting them entirely. And the ones that were neglected died. Well, duh. If you're not, but not only because they did feed. I think they did like feed them a little bit, but like they didn't interact with them at all, and they still died, even though they were being fed. Yeah. So I think human beings have like a like a, there's a psychological need, even on an unconscious, subconscious level. 
That's why a lot of people, you know, get really depressed and get stuck into like serious depression is because of the, the lack of people around them that they know and they care about who were supportive of them and, and being there for them and things like that. That's why they feel they're alone and there's, there's nothing there except darkness. Well, Mike, you just got really deep. I wasn't ready for you to take me there, but you did. And now I want to take a ladder and climb out of the hole that you've dug <laughs> me into. Um, so they continued to talk to him as if he were awake. His parents also refused to shut the machines off. Now, it's another controversial decision, but in this case, it paid off. Five weeks yeah, after yeah. the accident, Don's mother and his friend Karen came to visit him. His friend, quote unquote. Uh-huh. Um, when his mother said that Karen was there, he nodded. They asked him several other questions, and each time he nodded in response. Uh, he, wow. He would come out of uh, his coma, the doc, but the doctors feared that he would never fully recover. And the, re in re the reenactment of this was really good because she was like, you know, yeah. you know, Karen, don't you? And he would just kind of nod. And I, th I think the actor they picked kind of looked like the guy anyway. So it was like, you know, all the better when or it might have mm -hmm. actually been the guy. He looked very similar. Um, so, uh, however, Don would prove the doctors wrong. After being released from the hospital, he was able to walk on crutches. Six months after the accident, he started walking without crutches. On June 10th, 1989, he married Donna Johnson. Well, what about Karen? Karen was visiting yeah. him in the hospital. Where yeah, the exactly. fuck was Donna? <laughs> Jeez. Donna was probably, he was probably more physically attracted to Donna. You shallow. And you know what it is? <laughs> Donna and Don. He, he probably liked the se the, sym oh, the symmetry. Oh, wow. Yeah. He liked this. He was, he was that narcissistic that he wanted to marry a female version of himself. This is all, <laughs> this is all alleged folks. Uh, the couple has uh, two daughters named Emily and Melissa Hamilton. Doctors have no idea how Don survived without any serious problems. His family believes his recuperation was due to God's intervention. A Could be. A.K.A. a fucking miracle. Could definitely be a miracle. That That is something that the odds are definitely against that happening. For sure. Now I gotta point out like the elephant in the room for me. You say miracle really fucking weird, Mike, and you always have, and I've never pointed it out before. You miracle. You say miracle. You say miracle. Miracle. Okay, that time was right, but normally you say mar miracle. Or that's how I'm hearing it, it at least. It, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't it's matter. It doesn't, but I'm, I'm OCD <laughs> as fuck, so I hear it every time. I notice it every time. If anybody else hears it, let me know, so I know I'm not the only yeah. one, but um anyway I, I i think you're perfect just the way you are mike um honestly dude things like these like these you know these are called medical miracles for a reason because it, yeah. it is like a medical it's self-explanatory it's a, a it's medical a medical marvel. marvel right it's something that um if there is a a bell curve of people who typically die people who die very quickly and then people who live this guy is on the side of people who yeah. in the very rare case of the bell curve would would live after something like this it's, it's like the uh it's like the case of the ice woman the woman who froze and then was brought back to life did we cover that one by the way it seems like i don't know was, if we did or I not i feel like that was a request I, a long time ago that we would have covered we might have because I remember talking about it, and I remember just being kind of like, I think that's a coincidence, because there have been instances where people have been in super freezing cold water and have been able to be resuscitated. So her case is not 100% unique, but at the same time, it is, it is unlikely that she survived. Well, the cold... Just like it was unlikely that this, this man 
survive. The cold like preserves more so than yeah. like. I, I hope I hope Don learned his lesson. Don't be going up in trees with guns. Again. Yeah, I mean, clearly, like, All the right. no deer is worth this. Yeah, right. That that four pointer or five pointer or eight pointer or whatever uh, ain't worth the. Uh, I'll tell you what, Bubba, he ain't worth the hassle. He ain't worth the the lead in your leg. You nope. lint, you lint lizard. So I don't have anything else to say about Don Hamilton. You know, but I do have something to say about Robert Davidson. Robert Davidson, not related to Harley Davidson in any way. I wouldn't think. No, although he did enjoy although a motorcycle, he, he he enjoys riding motorcycles. It, it, so this is my pick, my one of my one of my picks for this uh, episode. This when we're, I was doing research for this podcast, I was just looking through the Wikia list of miracles and stuff, and I and I came across this one. And I was I was reading the synopsis, and I'm like, "Holy shit! <laughs> this is that segment that I remember very vaguely, but I only remembered bits and pieces of it. And for years, I thought it was like a Rescue 911 segment because it had to do with an ambulance, and somebody was there in the middle of the road. Um, now, have we qualified yet that the, there was... the fact that like neither me nor Mike are a fan of, mir of the Miracle segments on here? I don't feel like we've stated that yet. <laughs> I'm not a super big fan of Miracle segments, but I actually didn't mind this one. I guess it's because of the nostalgia bomb that was this segment. And another cause... thing that needs to be stated about the Miracles is they never had a Miracles category on the actual show. No, it was called The Unexplained. It was either called The Unexplained or Psymed or something like yeah. that. They never actually called it a Miracle. The Miracle term only came about when they released those DVD collections in like 2006, 2007. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> that's when that's when they got started getting classified under this Miracle Category. But for some reason, this case, this particular segment was not on that box set. It was actually, yes, Lady in Black. It was uh, Lady, oh, yep, okay. Lady in Black was on that uh, that box set. Oh, good. And um, the miracles, uh, I'll tell you, you know, I, Storm in Hell. I oh no, that was. <laughs> I, I think that was. Uh, I want to say Storm in Hell was under Psychics. Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah I want to. But we have the on miracles. You have the stupid angels, whatever you know, goofy looking angels. The miracles were the right. last DVDs that I would watch when I wanted an unsolved mysteries fix. I had to make it through everything else. I mean, I, I would watch Strange Legends first, and then I'd watch UFOs second, Bizarre Murders third, uh, you uh, ghosts f uh, fourth, and then when I had nothing else to watch, unsolved mysteries related back in the day before Amazon Prime. Then I would be like, all right, I'll watch the fucking miracle segments because they just <laughs> they're just corny. They're cheesy They're It's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of that super like religious. God did this kind of stuff. And I can see with some of these how they would might think that. But a lot of them, it's just kind of like I, I think they lack the other side of the coin in a lot of these segments. Right. They're just kind of. You know, this happened, and we're saying it's this and whatever. So anyway. So this particular segment, it's a nostalgia bomb for me because I, I did remember seeing aspects or, you know, particular moments of this. But, like, for years, I just did, I didn't know. I didn't really know it was Unsolved Mysteries related. I was just like, there's this chick, and she might be a ghost, 
some guy got struck by lightning and there's ambulances and so like it was the most vaguest recollection like there's no way i could really figure out what this was until i just came across it and um i'm glad i did now it's not amazing or great it's still a miracle segment but compared to a lot of the other miracle segment i think this is one of the better ones so one day in June 1980, Robert Davidson was driving his motorcycle on I-74 near Acton, Indiana. I almost said action. Action, Indiana. That would be a total oxymoron. Eerie, Indiana. Remember that show? Yeah. Yeah. That lasted one season, but was actually pretty decent. I Speaking of vague childhood memories, I remember seeing one episode of that show. It's the one where there's kids who are in, like, Ziploc... Uh, Tupperware containers. Oh God! So, yeah, sounds horrendous. I remember that one. See, this is yeah, this is just... what people complain about when they say we get off topic. It's my fault. I, I brought up Erie, Indiana, but this is case in point. He brought it up. Yeah, like it's not. I did. I did, officer. Mike's right. I brought it up. Sorry. You can blame him. <laughs> um, but anyway, but I also blame myself because I didn't have to say. Anything. I blame. But I blame it on the alcohol. Blame it on the alcohol. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mike's got flow. Listen to that. All right. So so this happened uh, near Acton, Indiana, when all of a sudden a thunderstorm came through the area. Robert pulled off to the side of the road to get his rain jacket when he was struck by lightning. Now, the way that this is shown in the reenactment, it's pretty cheesy. And I normally don't use that word, but this definitely does fit. Because cheesy is a slang term for like cheap and and, and not very uh, authentic, and this definitely looked cheesy, especially the effect. It looked like they shot it during the day, and then in a- afterwards, like later during uh, post production, they were like, uh, "It needs to be like at night or close to night, and and there needs to be clouds." So they shot it in an area where there's no clouds, so they had to add the clouds in with CGI, and then add a, a, a CGI lightning bolt, and it just looks. It looks bad. It does. It looks it does. Awful. It, it, it's hard. It was hard in the '90s when a show needed lightning effects and shit. Like it was really hard to do a convincing-looking lightning strike on, especially on somebody. Uh, it never looked good to my recollection. No. recollection. And not just not just that. I mean, the CGI clouds just just made it a whole shit show. So, two hundred thousand volts went through his body, and it seemed certain that he was going to die. Now, first off. Yeah, most people don't survive being struck by lightning, but there's this one guy who got struck like seven times or something. And then there's multiple other instances where people have gotten struck by lightning and then got brought back. So it's not like the the Don Hamilton thing where you lose 60% of your blood and you're in a coma for multiple weeks and there's like you're technically brain dead. The chances of you coming back to life are very slim. This one, it's like, yeah, it's not very likely, but it's not as unlikely as that yeah i mean like you would you would think you that, think it would be you think it would just be instant just you're dead like there's no hope like lightning bolt done yeah like i'm looking up on the internet right now when you get the electric chair as a form of capital punishment uh that's only two thousand volts mm-hmm. they're strapped at the wrist waist and ankles an electrode is attached to the head and, and another to the leg at least two jolts of an electrical current are applied for several minutes. An initial voltage of 2,000 volts yeah. stops the heart and induces un- 
unconsciousness, sorry. Um, so yeah, this is 200,000 volts. You would think this guy's blood would be turned to a solid after that. Yeah, exactly. So paramedics were on the scene within minutes and they tried to revive him on the scene. However, based on the condition of his body and his vital signs, they did not believe that they could save him. Then events at the scene seemed to take on a supernatural tone. First, every power circuit in the ambulance inexplicably failed including the backup power supply like the firefighter who's there he's like we had backup batteries so the power should not have failed at all but it did which is pretty eerie aliens to be honest (laughs) (laughs) get out of here (laughs) go back to fucking that uh sex toy of, of that gray that you do when you're alone Nobody knows what we're talking about right now. (laughs) It's the ancient aliens guy with the fucking wild hair. There you go. So suddenly a mysterious woman dressed in black arrived, stating that she had to touch him. I need it, but really, that's not... She wasn't like, I need to touch him. No, she did say that in React Me. Oh, she did? It was hilarious. Yeah, she she comes up, and I even wrote that in the the note. She she runs up going, I must touch him! I must touch him! And I'm just like... I I thought she meant, I must save him. I must save him. No, she was... I thought she said that. No, she's literally in the React... I guess I remember it wrong. Yeah, she's like, I must touch him. That is pretty funny. I'm just like, uh... Okay. (laughs) So the first responders decided to let her touch him. She began praying and chanting for him. She also repeatedly struck her Bible against the ground. The paramedics noticed that she was wearing clothing that appeared to be from the 1800s. She soon began to speak in tongue, and that was pretty laughable too. But that always is laughable whenever that happens. Yeah, she was like, hum, little baby, hum, hum, Like, it was so bad. And like, the paramedic that they were interviewing was like, you could feel the chills the whole time as she was doing this. And it's like, my dude, and I don't say that term very often, that's not called my the dude. Ch- that's not called getting the chills, that's called cringing. <laughs> and you did that because you were embarrassed because she was doing such a silly ass thing. That's why you were getting chills. It wasn't because any, uh, you know, <laughs> supernatural thing. Anytime I've ever heard anybody speak in tongues, I get chills because they're douche chills. They're cringe chills. <laughs> like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. That sounds so dumb. It's not like, I feel the Holy Spirit flowing through me. You know, it's like, come on, dude. You know? Wait, whatever. Fair enough. Maybe he does feel the Holy Spirit flowing through him. Or maybe that's just or the maybe it was, that he ate earlier. Or it could have been the 200,000 volts of electricity. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. Or if it was a supernatural presence that he's just getting chills because it's cold. Every time you say supernatural, I keep thinking of the damn Santana album that came out in 1999 with the, and it's just like <laughs> the ocean, under the moon, it's the same as the emotion. That was a big song in 1999. Yeah. It was huge. Fifth grade that came out when I was in fifth <laughs> Were you a Santana fan in fifth grade? Dude, everybody was a fucking Santana fan when that <laughs> song came out. Like, everybody jumped on the bandwagon. I remember this chick in fifth grade was like, oh my god, my mom loves Santana. Does she? Does she love Santana or does she just now <laughs> love Santana because he put out a hit? Flaky fans. Were, were you like the the Genesis uh, nerd when you were a kid? Like when people were all like, oh, yeah, I like that Phil Collins, you know. No, I hadn't turned. Won an I, I Oscar hadn't, for I, Tarzan or something. I hadn't evolved to that level of insufferable yet. Like that would, <laughs> that would come later. 
But I, definitely in junior high and high school, I was the Rush gatekeeper. Like nobody could, oh, you know, man. nobody could talk about Rush without my approval. But nobody was talking about Rush because no one gave a shit <laughs> except me. So anyway, what happened with this so, guy? Uh... <laughs> We're having fun. <clears throat> I hope you're having fun too, listeners. So she began to speak in tongue. Uh, speak a bunch of gibberish, and then after a few minutes, she left and then vanished without a trace. Supposedly, as the story goes. Within seconds, the power in the ambulance then came back on. Almost immediately after that, Robert's vital signs came back and he began to improve. He was rushed to the emergency room, but the doctors believed that he would remain in a coma for the rest of his life. Two months later, however, he emerged from his coma. He woke shortly before his first grandchild was born. Interestingly, some of the eyewitnesses, including two of the paramedics, insisted that the woman was not there. But we don't get to hear from them, which I thought was kind of a bummer. This is like typical of miracle segments. The dissenters aren't interviewed. However, the others were certain that the woman existed and was with them for several minutes. It is unknown that uh, it is it is unknown what became of the woman who pleaded for Robert's life. Known as the Lady in Black, she is believed to be a ghost from the 1800s Acton campground, and they even showed a dress in like one of the visitor centers or something nearby that looked exactly like the one that this woman supposedly wore. I like like one. But then again, one of the par- they could have just kind of just added that in there. Yeah, one of the paramedics in the segment was like when he was being interviewed, he's like, "Yeah, I thought she was one of these uh as they say, one of these leftovers from the 70s kind of people." Yeah. And <laughs> I I'm, love that guy. Yeah, and I'm just that like, "What great. does that even mean? A leftover <laughs> from the 70s?" Like if he said 60s, I would get that reference, like, you know, the hippie movement and shit. <laughs> you know, look at her. She doesn't look anything like somebody from the 70s. Like, where's the afro? Where's the bell-bottom pants? I think what he's know, referring where's... to is like the hippie beatnik kind of like speaking in tongues, like, you know, hippie shit. Like that's okay. I think that's what he was referring to, but like I thought this, the the hippie movement died in with like uh, Woodstock and the uh, the uh, free what was it the one with the Rolling Stones the concert they played and the uh, the mm-hmm. God my fucking memory sucks right now uh, the event where the Hell's Angels were blaming secu- on the uh, 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 alcohol no my <laughs> brain is this dumb all the time the Hell's Angels were the security there and it was like this uh, festival and oh yeah the one where somebody got ran over I want to say it was Fremont yeah. or something like that festival I know that's not the right term but um, the, yeah that's supposedly when like the hippie movement died so to speak it, the 70s to me I thought was like disco and shit so I don't know what he's I think his, he got his references wrong but again that's being me being nitpicky as fuck but you know that's that's how I do all right, it was um, <clears throat> the Altamont Free yeah, Concert. Yeah, Altamont, Fremont, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's when the hippie movement died, so apparently. The Woodstock so, and then that. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say about the segment, except I'm um, glad Robert's still around. The actor that they hired to portray the young Robert looks nothing like the real Robert. No, not at all. At all. The real Robert's got like an Amish beard and I, this guy looks like he just walked off the set of a GQ photo shoot. Yeah, it was like some model, like, you know, uh, just unrealistically handsome guy riding a motorcycle, you know. He probably just got done like, a, you know, he just probably got off the set of like an Elton John music video shoot and then he had to do this <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries gig, you know. Elton John, that's an interesting choice. Well, yeah, because Elton John had that video for... um 
uh, uh, sacrifice where there was that, oh. that leather clad hunk in the video. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is just, it's just silly, you know. This story is silly, just like yeah. the other one was. I mean, the other one wasn't as silly, but, but for some reason, it just it definitely did strike a chord with me. Or like when I was a kid, like it just it burned itself into my memory. I saw it on Lifetime once, and it was like, and then I watched this again. I'm like, holy shit, nostalgia! It's not that great, but still, I'm <laughs> glad I finally saw this. Yeah, I mean, not that great. Unsolved mysteries. Robert Stack is better any day than a top-of-the-line Dennis Farina Unsolved Mysteries. So, I mean, we can at least cling to that. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so our next... And it was not Rescue 911, so I know that for sure. Now. Yeah, I gotta go back I should have known that anyway, because Rescue 911 doesn't have ghosts and, mer- and angels and shit in the reenactments. Yeah, I need to go back and check out Rescue 911. That's another one. I think one you I... might like that. I watched it as a kid. I did. Um, I just, I don't remember any of the, I remember somebody getting electrocuted in one of them, but I mean, that's pretty vague. All right. So our next case is the case of, um, Audrey Santo. Um, this case, uh, it was on the ultimate collection on the miracles DVD set. And I always skipped it because it, it is, it is gross. It is gross on many levels. It's gross on a physical level. Mm -hmm. It's physically gross and it's gross on a, I hate this girl's parents level so it's this is such a creepy segment. it's it's gross on many tiers one of the creepiest segments so on august 9th 1987 three-year-old audrey santo was playing with her brother steven when she fell into the family swimming pool and nearly drowned she was rushed to the hospital and went under cardiac arrest she then went into a coma for three weeks it was determined that she had massive brain damage Afterwards, she went into a state called akinetic mutism, which is a state of non-speaking and limited movement. Four months after the accident, Audrey was brought home to live with her family while in a hospital bed. A year after the incident, her family took her to Medjugorje in Yugoslavia, and that's that's its own Unsolved Mystery segment in yeah. and of itself, the Medjugorje segment, which I actually kind of like. Wasn't this kind of tied into it? Um, only in the fact that they took her there and that was it. Oh, okay. That was it. Um, yeah, I didn't mind the Medjugorje one or, uh, you know, eventually we're going to have to talk about some other miracle segments. Oh, we can easily know, do a part two on this miracles thing. So, if, uh, cause I, I, I also like the one in Lords. I thought that was a good yeah, one. But see, those are, the, those are the more the top tiered miracle ones we were trying to, or even the Holy Grail, like what could be the Holy Grail. Yeah. We were trying but, to pick ones that were, that we didn't particularly like. Yeah, <laughs> because we did the worst uh, unsolved mystery segments last year, and this year we're. Did you? Did we talk about the UFO healing thing? No. Did we ever? Nope. That's another yep. one. That's a great one. A miniature UFO <laughs> flying in the girl's window <laughs> and healing her. <laughs> Probably one of the worst unsolved, mi- easily the worst UFO segment. Easily, <laughs> easily. So they take her to Medjugorje and Yugoslavia, which is a great, I mean, that's a great thing to read up on the whole Medjugorje mm-hmm. city and the, you know, the, the visionaries and all that. Although the trip nearly killed Audrey, her family believes that she spoke with the Virgin Mary. And by my tone of voice, you can pretty much dis- discover how I feel about this segment. They also believe she became a victim soul, which is a person who willingly takes on suffering of others. 
After Audrey was brought back home, oil began dripping from several religious objects in their house. So clearly, because they have all these religious objects in their house, there is no uh, subjective viewpoint here. These people are being totally objective. They don't have predisposed beliefs at all. Also, blood and oil began, quote unquote, weeping from a painting of Jesus Christ. I don't know. I mean, if that that started happening, I'd, I'd be... <laughs> I I would be skeptical, but like if I can't find any explanation for it on the spot, like I would be like, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is legitimate. One nurse was suspicious at first, but she later found no ex explanation for the oil. The oil from the objects was given to people who were ill, and they claimed that it helped heal them. And now you have the people who live in the house and the nurse and these are the only people who are witnessing this saying yeah this totally happened and it's mm. healing people i mean at least with the uh miracle we covered on our, uh, another one of our podcasts where there was the christ uh crucifix in the church and his eyes were closed and then they were open at least then you kind of had a whole like mass hysteria of the congregation kind of experiencing mm -hmm. it but with this it's literally like three people you know who, who see this happen supposedly so in june of 1994 a mysterious rash appeared on audrey's legs a biopsy determined that the rash was what one would see if the patient was on chemotherapy. Audrey was not on chemotherapy, so it did not make sense. This led her family to believe that this is evidence that she is a victim soul. Some people believe that Audrey could be eligible for sainthood because of the miracles that she has performed. It is interesting to note that she is healthy and has no bed sores and has not had any for 12 years and that some claim that she can operate machines through telekinesis. Come on, people. Uh, Come on. Uh, okay, all right. That's just... Come on. That's crossing into X-Men territory. That's not... Yeah, for real. Like, she, she could be like... <laughs> She could be like Professor X's fucking secretary at this point, for fuck's sake, with all these mutant, these crazy mutant powers that she has. Well, she had akinetic mutism. Well, you know what? No, she wouldn't. She wouldn't be on X Men. She'd be on Spider Man because uh, all the people on Spider Man, some shit happened to them, and then they developed their powers. X Men are born with their powers, so she'd be on. She'd be a villain on Spider Man. Or a, a benevolent figure, whichever you you know want to do. But then I mean, technically, Wolverine's claws. Well, he was born. What, Wolverine, is, Wolverine is, is the only except is one of the only exceptions in the X Men universe who who actually did have that done to him. But he already had the mutant power. But he had of he had the healing, healing factor, right? And he had the claw bone claws, but he never had the adamantium. That's that's why he was able to survive the operation because he had the quick healing ability. Mm -hmm. God, we're fucking nerds. <laughs> Deadpool isn't a isn't a mutant either. Although a lot of people just mislabel him as one. I still got to see that movie, dude. I I don't care. I loved the X Men growing up. I still do. The X Men are my my favorite Marvel property. How do you feel about Disney? The Disney overlords owning 20th Century Fox. Dude, I'm happy now. that Marvel's getting X-Men, man. I'm, I'm ecstatic about that. I can't wait to see a good X-Men movie. Anyway. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Audrey's house soon became and still is a pig pilgrimage site with thousands of worshippers coming to visit, visit her. A window was placed near her room so people can view Audrey. To this day, Audrey Santo, uh, Santo and her miraculous powers remain a mystery. Well, not to this day so much, because Audrey died on April 14, 2007 due to cardiorespiratory failure. She was 23. A, a chapel has been set up in Audrey's former bedroom, and pilgrims still 
come seeking cures. Now, mm -hmm. what is creepy about the segment to me is just the whole like Audrey, like there's a picture of her in 1999 and it's just a really eerie looking photo and and um, dude, she looks fucking deformed because she's been yeah. in a bed for like 11 at the time of this segment. It was 11 years. Yep. She's been in a fucking bed, not moving. Who knows how conscious she is? Who knows mm -hmm. if she's been trapped in this human body, not able to speak, not able to move, not able to do anything, but just sit there and exist. No ability to live any kind of a fucking life but because of her fucking and, shitty and ass crazy parents they're keeping her hanging on it's just uh -huh. so gross it's so yeah. fucked up why and the whole thing with like the even the even the catholic church is like uh yeah we normally don't use the term victim soul because that's only usually used for christ <laughs> Not other people. And I mean, speaking of gross, her mom. On and, this, and apparently the victim's term victim soul is not an official term in the church. It was used in some circles in the 18th and 19th century when there was a fascination with suffering and death. Well, these people definitely have a fucking fascination with her suffering because there's no way she was having a good, enjoyable life in that state. And I can't believe they let her linger on until 2007 and yeah, before that, she that finally died. I mean, dude, think about that. I mean, you could be in hell every day of your life being like, oh, my God, somebody please kill me. This is the most miserable mm -hmm. existence. Oh, no. You know, I'm her parents. How do you know that she chose this? There's no way. I mean, dude. I mean, I know it's a controversial thing because it's like, oh, well, you know, with coma victims, well, if you keep them in a coma long enough with like the Terry Schiavo thing, um, well, maybe they'll, you know, whatever. Like, and then you, you got the first case we talked about, Don Hamilton, but this isn't a coma. This is a alkaline battery mutation, whatever it's called. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I already forgot. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. Um, but this, to me, this is just straight up cruel. And then they show her fucking legs when she had the chemo thing apparently yeah. and she's got these like this this like caveman hairy ass looking like legs and it's just it's 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 cruel and it's sick and i think and then you want to talk about sick her fucking mother has the nastiest cigarette yellow teeth i've ever seen on any show <laughs> anywhere her mother has the most disgusting like and I, you know, you could. So she's like that character in Mad TV who is just like a chronic smoker. I have no idea. Just, I don't know the reference, but like you can tell, yeah. like the mother, you know, this shit's taking the toll on the mother because she's obviously you don't your teeth don't get that gross from not smoking mm -hmm. cigarettes. So just this chick looked like a fucking three pack a day smoker. I mean, she had some of the nastiest teeth yeah. for an. Well, even the Roman <clears throat> Catholic Church, uh, they were there in 1999. The Bishop of Worcester at the time, Daniel P. Riley, released his preliminary findings on the case. In that report, the bishop said that the most striking evidence of the presence of God in the Santa home is seen in the dedication of the family to Audrey. So basically, it's nah, I we don't buy it. Yeah. I call bullshit on all of this. And I, as for the purported miracles, he said, I want to underscore that any paranormal occurrences are not miraculous and in and miraculous in and of themselves. I hate that the way that people just say something else in and of themselves. <laughs> he also stated in regard to the claim that Audrey was a purported victim. So I talked about that. And with regard to the many pilgrims who were praying to Audrey while she was still alive, 
He said, praying to Audrey is not acceptable in Catholic teaching. Further, it was stated that one should not only pray for Audrey. Our faith teaches us to pray to God and to pray for the intercession of the saints. Therefore, the distribution of a prayer to Audrey should cease immediately. Yeah, I mean, that that is totally kind of like, oh, she's a saint, but not really. She has not actually been sainted. That's that's the equivalent of like play, <clears throat> praying to a potato. Like, oh, glorious potato, please. You know, it, it's not... It's just like the Bible when it has the whole thing where you don't pray to false idols or whatever. Oh, it's like, like it's like the, the, the Virgin Mary toast, you know, like the image of Virgin Mary on a piece of toast. I mean, it's like, come on. Everyone's like, oh, it hasn't been destroyed over these years. Yeah, because it's been people have put it in a glass case and kept it away from the air. Oh, with like the Shroud of Turin and stuff like that. Those are miracles that I'm more interested in because I feel like the validity with all the, the people over the years and the eyewitnesses and stuff. I like I like cases like that. And there are good miracles cases on here. But again, we decided to pick the stinkers because we're sick, masochistic fucks, apparently. But one thing <laughs> I do like about the Catholic Church that I will say, they vet shit hardcore when it comes oh, yeah. to these miracles and these because like in the the miracle christ uh crucifix that we talked about on a previous the blinking episode, statue the blinking yeah. statue um one of the one of the cardinals came on and, and he was basically saying like we don't want to rush to de to declare this a a miracle or a act of god because what if it turns out to essentially be untrue and it causes people to lose faith? And it's like, yeah, exactly. That's what you should be doing. You should you should only really have those truly like Padre Pio and people like that, mm. I think, are more uh, higher contenders for a true like religious miracle than shit like yeah. this where you have a, a mom exactly. who just, you know. I, yeah, I and, and this one really honestly kind mm. of... Uh, I'm reading some extra stuff, like the whole the window in Audrey's bedroom wall. That's sick. Through where visitors could view her. The window was later removed by the order of the bishop. Well, good. Um, Audrey was also on several occasions taken to a nearby college stadium and a large or large church for a mass of which she could be viewed by the public. Yeah, so like putting her which on display just like parading, a fucking freak show. Yeah, parading your daughter around like a freak show. That's that's pretty fucked up. Um, the oil, starting with one painting, spreading to include many paintings and icons within within the home. Oil was said to exude from many objects near Audrey and to spontaneously fill containers. No one ever claimed to have seen the moment of onset of such an event, only the already oiled item. That already makes me pause. This is starting to sound, sound more and more like cups. This sound more and more like Ghost Boy the more we read it. Yeah, in, in cups and given to visitors on cotton balls. Oh, so it was collected in cups and given to visitors and cotton balls? Yeah, that couldn't be easily faked. No, not at all. A test commissioned by the Washington Post for, by from Microback Laboratories of Pittsburgh found that the sample contained 80% corn or soy, soybean oil and 20% chicken fat. Another test done by 2020 found a sample of the oil to be 75% olive oil, and the other tests found different or inconclusive results. Linda Santos agreed in response to a reporter questioning that it was impossible to prove someone did not apply the oil to the statues, but insisted that she had not done so. Why are you so defensive? Blood. During several masses of which Audrey was present, what seemed to be human blood appeared on consecrated communion wafers or hosts. Although, as with the oil, no one claims they saw the moment the blood appeared. A substance that appeared to be blood also appeared in a chalice in the, at the Santo home, and a statue of Mary appeared to cry blood. There have been no published accounts of tests on the blood. In the Washington Post story, the, the reporter says that Audrey's pedi pediatrician, John Harding, intended, intended to examine the blood-smeared communion wafer under a microscope, 
but felt that that would be blasphemous and decided to use a magnifying glass instead. Mm-hmm. No findings from this ex- examination are mentioned. In the same story, Linda Santo is quoted as saying, if there weren't four bleeding hosts, she asked if there was just a child in the bed, would anyone pay attention to this? <sighs> uh, no, they wouldn't, oh my God, Linda. Dude. I think you're just outing yourself here. No, this, 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 this chick needs to do jail time. I mean, the mom. This is just a bunch of bullshit. This is, ne- this is negligence, dude. It's it's cruelty. I mean, it's it's. You couldn't even. You couldn't even like the the doctor, the pediatrician. Oh, I can't look at it under a microscope because that'd be blasphemous. <laughs> this is like this is ba- this is the equivalent of somebody not taking like cancer treatments because they feel like God's gonna cure them and they die of cancer. Oh yeah, the, the, yeah. The people who give all their money to some charlatan who uh runs a church and is on tv it's like common sense has to, i mean if you're religious that's fine but common sense has to come into play at some point if your daughter Nobody saw it if your daughter is essentially brain dead and can't or if they're not brain dead but they they can't do anything you know look life is 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 a great thing but only if you're able to enjoy it and, and pursue mm-hmm. your own happiness and if you have no faculties whatsoever you know no ability to communicate or walk or talk or do anything mm-hmm. and you're just a basically a vegetable that's not life yeah. that is not life yeah. or if it is it's not quality life it's but i mean you, you do have the case files like the people who were supposedly cured uh, or uh miraculously uh saved or cured from their ailments by uh audrey or some part of her or whatever Caitlin McQuaid, a young girl, was believed to have cerebral palsy. She was given some form of the oil from Audrey's home. Now she does not have braces on her legs. Her family believes that this happened because of Audrey. I don't, I don't know if that could is necessarily because of Audrey. It's like, have these people ever heard of the definition of a placebo effect? Uh, or, or Victor Fanucci, an elderly man who recovered from crippling neck pain as a result from the of the oil from Audrey's home. I've seen that a lot. I've seen a lot of cases like that with placebo effects of people who supposedly were cured by something and then the pain came back. Joey Parlosi, a young boy who was injured in a car accident and unable to walk. His mother Cheryl claims that she prayed at Audrey's bedside for the recovery of her son. Shortly afterwards, she was able to walk again. You know, I just got done watching on uh, the Amazon Prime Unsolved Mysteries. I just got done watching a segment on some old Russian guy who sneezes on people and cures them of their their desire to smoke. (laughs) So I don't want to hear this shit about they believe it's the oil from this lady because it's pretty clear that the mind believes what it wants to fucking believe. And if an old Russian (laughs) man... If if you want to pay an old Russian man $500 to sneeze on you to cure your urge to smoke, then these oiled chicken fat tears yeah sure it'll cure you of what ails you buddy just write that check out Um, to my name i love that next uh, i don't have anything else to say about the bullshit case of uh coma girl uh i'm just glad she's dead you know like i'm glad she finally passed away and can rest in peace you know finally she's freed from this mortal coil yeah I guess it's one instance where you can say, you know, it, it's at least a good thing she's no longer. She should around. have been dead as she should have been, you know, let die as soon as you know all of her. She got alkaline battery mutism or whatever it's called, alkaline lithium mutations. She like they should have pulled the club, pulled the club, <laughs> yeah, pulled the club. <laughs> yeah, pulled. Yeah. 
<laughs> Pull the plug. Yeah, some people are pulling the plug on this podcast. Probably, right yeah. I'm sure we've offended at least three people. Out of all the listeners <laughs> we have, at least three people are offended. And we'll probably get at least one uh, bad review. But that's the nature of Comes what we with do. the territory. Yep. So, um, the last segment in this Miracles Spectacular. It is a spectacular, spectacular failure. <laughs> I think it's gone all right. So uh, is uh, my second pick, and this is the pick of the Highway 50 Phantom. Now I will say, like I think, I think you, I wanted to save this one for the last one because this is, this is, this goes out of the realm of miracles and more into the re- well. I guess it is kind of miraculous, but it's more in the realm of like, man, this sucks for this kid, and it makes me feel sad. Oh, yeah. It makes me feel so sad yeah. for him. Exactly, but at the same time, it does kind of tie, in, it does tie into the miracle thing, because it is pretty miraculous what happens. And there's also some ghost elements to yeah, it. Yeah, it's got it all there. So, uh, this segment is not on Amazon Prime, despite what you might see online with episode guides. It is not on there. So, sorry. There's no way you can see it. <laughs> you, ju- you, just have to, you just have to be stuck with Ice Woman, which is the one that is there instead of this case, which doesn't make any oh, sense. Oh, they substituted one? I, I think they might have. Huh, that's weird. Yeah. So, this is a case of the Highway 50 Phantom, and uh, Deborah Hoyt, who saw this Phantom, and uh, the case of Christine Skubish, which is a very unfortunate last that's name. That's a weird last name. Like, I even wrote in my notes, Skubish, Skubish, Dubish, Do, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm mature. I, I am. I'm, I mean, I'm, no, she was totally pro- picked on when she was a kid. She was totally called Scooby Doo or Scooby. Scoobish Doo. <laughs> so, motorists describe seeing what looked like the naked ghost of a woman on uh, at roadside on hi- Highway 50. Like, right off the bat, I was like, whoa. Naked, wh- naked ghost? Whoa. You got me in. <laughs> That's all it takes for Mike. No, I mean, it, it is something that is pretty crazy. Like, you don't really hear of naked They're ghosts. usually clothed, that's true, which is kind of silly, because you'd think, oh, I don't know. Th- you'd think they would, you think all ghosts would be naked if it's like, you know, why, are their clothes ghosts too, you know? I mean, it's kind of... <laughs> well, if it's a ghost of a stripper, then it probably she probably is naked. Whoa! Local woman Deborah Hoyt was traveling east when she reported what she deemed to be the naked figure of a woman on the side of the road at Bullion Bend. Although it might have been a mannequin, the police searched the area that night and found nothing. And the reenactment is done pretty well. Yeah, like they, re- they, very they, well. they don't show, of course, they can't show everything. They can't really show her naked. It's network television. Well, I didn't mean that part. I meant like when they, they actually had a car drive off. Oh, they actually had a car drive off. Yeah, yeah. drive off a ravine and hit a hit a tree. Oh, that yeah, I'll get to that okay. later. But yeah, that they did that really well. But I thought the way that they handled the naked specter, I thought they handled that really well too. Like the way that they shot it and everything. Oh yeah, sure. Because it was, it definitely did look like something that you, if, as if you were like in Deborah's shoes or in in her place at that time, and just like saw this brief flash of something. They did, they, did, they did a good job recreating that. So, the police searched the area that night, found nothing, but in daylight, an officer found Christine's car lodged in the brush out of view of the road where she had crashed. And he actually found a little kid's shoe 
on the road before that. He was like, oh, shoo, okay, I'm going to go look over there. And you saw this just absolutely horrific crash for sure. Like, this is just like, wow, this car, it, it, it gave new meaning to the term totaled. Like, this is just completely just torn to shreds. And he finds that uh, Christine Scoobish is she's passed away. She's dead in the car. But her son miraculously survived for five days in extreme heat and cold in the wilderness with bears and shit. Like bears didn't eat him. Didn't nobody went after this kid. Somehow he survived. He later told the authorities that his mother had stayed with him in the wrecked car. Which is, like, one of the most heartbreaking things you can, like, imagine. Yes, it really is. I mean, I can speak for Mike, I think, by saying me and Mike are both mama's boys. And, yeah. and it, 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 you know, putting yourself in the in, in these shoes, mm. uh, I just, God, I can't imagine. As a kid. I can't either. As a fucking kid, especially, because as a kid, I was even more of a mama's boy than I am now. Like, I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm an adult now, you know, but as a kid, yeah. my mom was my world. So, yeah. you know, thinking about something like this where your mom's just lying dead next to you and you're just having to, you know, you don't really quite know oh, yeah. why they're not talking to you and, and you, but you just oh, stay man. by them, you know, you just stay by them because that's what you know. I mean, it's got, it's heartbreaking, you know, I hate, it I hate thinking about it, you know, but fuck, you know, it, it, it definitely is heartbreaking for sure. And the whole thing where uh, I think one of the cops or somebody was saying like, or the kid or it was like, you know, he was he was acting like, you know, his mom was there. His mom was, he was talking to his mom and, you know, because his mom was there. So he was just talking to her and didn't hear anything from her and, and didn't get an answer back. So I want to say, thankfully, though, in the reenactment um, or on the on the segment, they had um, uh, Nick's grandmother um, on and, and, and she she yeah. was, you know, talking about it and. You know, you could look at it. she looked she looked really healthy. She looked she was a very young mm. grandmother too. So, yeah. you know, he 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 I'm sure he had a very good mother figure in his life after losing his mom cuz she wasn't, you know, she wasn't some old lady spinstress. She was very a very young-looking grandma. Yeah. So, I'm sure she was at least in his life for a significant period of time. So, the report of the apparition led to the discovery of Christine Scoobish and her son and Christine had died in an accident off the road, and her three-year-old son survived, miraculously, and was found by the highway patrol. Uh, th this leads many to wonder what figure the witness saw while Christine was already dead and fully clothed and seat-belted in the wrecked car. It is believed the ghost might have been Christine trying to save her son. Which I think is interesting, for sure. Um, and the, the, the Deborah Hoyt, she's all like, I know I saw, I know I saw a naked woman. I know I saw somebody on the side of the road. I believe her. I mean, why else would, why, if she didn't see anything, why would she, what does she have to gain by calling the police and be like, I saw a naked woman on the side of the road. Like what, what does she have to gain by that? Right. If she had something, Absolutely if she nothing. had something to do with that accident, she wouldn't be appearing on unsolved mysteries with her face, not blurred out, you know, yeah. complete cooperation you know, so so I believe what she says. Um, yeah. I believe that she saw something that had her call police, and because of her doing that, her the the, the Nick 
survived. Yeah. Now, funny thing is, like this, this, all these miracles that we talked about tonight are actually on the uh, ultimate collection of the miracle dvd collection that they put out back in the day mm-hmm. um back in the day when i watched this segment i actually tried to look up nick scubish on facebook i tried to see if i could find him because <laughs> i thought okay he's a little kid 90s yeah, he's probably you know he's at least a, in his like mid to late teens maybe early 20s now so i, uh-huh. I tried looking well, i couldn't find him but you know whatever yeah. he, he, he probably got like a different last name or something so going back to the reenactment and what josh was talking about the crash like this is one of the best crashes i've ever seen on the show like the stunt work here is superb how do you think they did and that it, like how, like from a technical standpoint do you think they put like a brick on the gas pedal was there i don't know maybe or stunt i don't i don't think a stunt driver did that i hope not <laughs> I don't know, that'd be interesting to know how they did that crash, because it was all done practically, all done for real. Let's hit up Kevin O'Brien again and ask him. Yeah, so what happened is Christine, she fell asleep at the wheel. We don't know why she fell asleep at the wheel. I don't know if she was drunk or some other things. We don't know any extra stuff about her, which is probably fine. So she fell asleep at the wheel and then swerved off, and then the car, you see it, and it it, it, it honestly is a, is a terrifying sight. Like, it just falls asleep, and then, boom, car goes careening off the edge of the road and crashing through trees and just absolutely gets obliterate, obliterated. It, it, it adds that element of realism to yeah. Unsolved Mysteries that, that, it, that made it, like, such a great show, you know? Exactly. So apparently, this case is also featured on some show called Paranormal Witness. Oh, that's there's that's, some little that's extra actually, background. Yeah, that's actually a good show. Paranormal Witness is uh, I actually recommend that for people who like ghost stories. Uh, that's that's a solid show. So Christine and her son Nick were driving to Carson City to meet a friend of Christine's. When Christine failed to arrive, her father got worried and called the police to investigate. Her aunt eventually described having a dream of Nick, adding that it was dark, with some lights, and the number 16 kept popping up like three or four times, eventually calling the police to search for them on Highway 50. 17 years later, all Nick can remember is the crash and his family. So that's a different part of it. So I guess she called the police for them to get them to search for them on Highway 50. But apparently Deborah also called the police to get them to search for them as well. Hmm. So it, it, unsolved mysteries kind of made it seem like it was just the one person. It's kind of you know, just yeah. just the one sided. Which unsolved? Well, that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't be as interesting. Like if we were like, oh, the Deborah said she's not the only one that had some paranormal vision. Yeah, and, and unsolved mysteries. I will say they're guilty of that. They're guilty of giving oh, yeah. a lot of times giving you one side of something if they're really if they're really pushing some kind of, you know, theme for that segment, they they will do that, you know. Because it because mm-hmm. it you know, they're they're writing a TV show at the same time, you know. It's 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 entertainment on, you know, it, it they if they're really if they're doing a miracles segment and they want to drive the point home that it's a miracle they're gonna do something like that now in this case i forgive it because this tragic thing where a kid lost his mom oh yeah but in the case of like audrey santo it it sickens me because the mom kind of did the opposite and was killing her kid every day by keeping her alive in my opinion uh so 
Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, but how... You know, he he was pretty young. I feel like a mm-hmm. kid can bounce back when they're that young. Um, my dad lost his dad when he was like four years old, and, and he doesn't even... Mm-hmm. He, he has no recollection or sadness or anything about that incident. Um but I mean, that's still that's still a traumatic event. Sure, you yeah. definitely don't want any kid to to ever experience. But or deal the only with. Re- reason I bring that up is in in the kid's benefit. I mean, at least he wasn't like you know twelve or like fifteen, yeah. you know, and loses his mom. He's yeah. like young enough to where his grandmother can kind of step in and you know mm-hmm. shout out to all the grandparents out there who pick up the slack and help raise you know their grandkids. You know, because sometimes sometimes the grandparents are better parents and the parents you know and they they Mm -hmm. play a large role in a lot of kids lives you know so that's that's definitely uh an awesome thing when that is able to happen you know to keep a kid from going to a foster home or something you know yeah so i really don't have anything else to say about this segment was short but sweet in the way i mean bittersweet really because the whole thing but you know mom dies car accident kid is alive but I, I i you know the kid is the only one that survives but i just felt like the kid surviving and the whole in terms of like in the scope of unsolved mystery segments especially miracle stuff like this is pretty sweet compared to some of the other ones yeah well, that's why we <laughs> saved it for last because it was the least ridiculous um <laughs> so we have one last little article here it's not really a news of the bizarre but it was something mike alerted me to that i thought was interesting mm-hmm. and it's a nice little maybe a maybe a slightly uplifting thing from what we talked about I would say uplifting just on the title of the article alone, which reads, Oh, hell yeah! The Pentagon has had a secret UFO project running for the last several years. This is an article by the AVclub.com. One of the websites to break the whole Unsolved Mysteries coming back to Amazon Prime news way back, Mm -hmm. you know, in 2016. And they used a video from yours truly on that exact article, which blew my fucking mind when you sent me that article, Mike. (laughs) Like, he sent me that article, and it literally, at the bottom of the article, it had a link to my video I made on Uh comparing um, the Unsolved Mysteries original to the revamp with Dennis Farina. Like... I figured they'd at least like email me and like ask me permission. That doesn't happen. Well, it happened one time, um, a, a Mashable or some shit. I don't remember what. Yeah. Well, I don't remember what uh, thing it was, but they, I did get an email one time because I did a vlog about living with your parents and why I was at the time yeah. still living with my parents. They sent me an email asking if it was okay to use. Well, that's nice of them. Yeah, but that's not a not a, not something that I've noticed usually happens Uh, well yeah i was thankful for the publicity though i mean i'm sure it helped in some small way i mean i believe i think i I know a friend of mine was on that short-lived uh absolutely horrible nerd talk show thing that was hosted by uh wesley that actor what the fuck who the fuck is who the fuck is that guy the guy who played wesley crusher uh you would know in star trek you would know that way quicker than i would Mm. I'm just making sure I got him. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. So Will Wheaton, he hosted that, and there was uh, Kevin Kevin Smith actually had a little bit on it. It was a very short-lived thing on Sci-Fi Channel, and my friend was on there and kind of poked fun at him a little bit, and that wasn't really a lot of fun. Um, what, you, they poked fun at your friend? Yeah, a little bit. But at the same time, I remember watching it. It was like it was kind of like 
uh, Kevin Smith was introducing one of his rants and being like kind of cool about it, but then kind of not. It was just one of those. It was like it was kind of weird. Um, and I, I don't know if I was on there or not either. I might have been, but I, I know I've been on TV. I was. I've, I've been on. Uh, I was on uh, the El Rey Network a couple times. Never heard of it. It's a cable channel that's, uh, I think, owned by Robert Rodriguez. Well, you're basically famous in my book, Mike. <laughs> so anyway, this article uh, it's <laughs> starts, and we've talked about Tom DeLonge from Blink-182, the old, the ex-lead singer, uh, guitar mm-hmm. player from Blink-182. We've talked, we've done some Tom DeLonge. So that ties in. Yeah, we've done some Tom DeLonge stuff in the past, probably one article. Um, I'm a fan of old Blink-182. Um, basically, when Tom was in the band, I liked their music. Um, when Tom left the band, I, I, I hate uh, their last album, California, that they did. Oops. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't care for that either. Did you... Uh, it, are they the one that's saying all the small things? Yes. Or some other yeah, that's, that's Blink-182. Okay. Um, my favorite album by them was their uh, last album they did with Tom called Neighborhoods. It was, it was a very mm-hmm. good album. Uh, very deep. Uh, much deeper than your typical Blink-182 fare. And I think Tom took the band in that direction purposely. And then you know, Tom got all caught up and like, dude, Tom DeLong is like one of the biggest UFO researchers out there now. Um, and, and he's able to get so much done because of his, um, you know, visibility as a public figure and all the mm-hmm. success he's had in Blink-182. He's able to, I think, talk to people and get things done that, that a lot of UFO researchers would only dream of being able to do. I mean, he's able to talk to these mm-hmm. top tier guys you know, from writing songs about penises and farts. So that's pretty, uh, that's saying something, I guess, or maybe it's not, maybe it's not saying anything. I don't know. You be the judge. So the article starts off by saying someone notify Tom DeLong. The new, the New York times has a news report today or new, new report today on a semi-secret UFO project. That's been underway at the Pentagon for most of the last decade, researching possible extraterrestrial threats to planet earth. Named, quote, Advanced Aeroship Threat Identification Program, the $22 million uh, a year investigation was apparently the brainchild of former Nevada Senator Harry Reid, who got together with an aerospace tech buddy in 2007 and decided that someone really ought to do something about all these UFO reports that apparently been going on or apparently been going around. Thus motivated... Harry Reid got together with a few other senators and earmarked some unlabeled Department of Defense quote-unquote black money to quietly start an investigation into the topic. And they have in quotes here, and who says you can't get anything meaningful done in government anymore? (laughs) Well, there's some people who are criticizing this being like, well, they spent $22 million on UFOs. Dude, the government spends so much money on so much stupid shit. This is like, uh, this should be like number like 16 on the list of a thousand stupid things or, they spend or, or money like, on needlessly. No, not like number 16,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and 22 million is not a lot at all. Not When it comes to government funding, no, it is not. No. So according to official uh, Pentagon sources, the semi-classified program only ran for five years and was formally defunded in t- 2012. Others, though, including a former head, uh, it's former head, a guy, sorry, this, <laughs> this alcohol is kicking in, <laughs> a guy named Luis Elizondo, 
who quit his post over what he saw as unnecessary secret, uh, secrecy in this vital matter <laughs> of national defense, claimed that it's all uh, that it's still in effect and that various Pentagon employees are still working on it off the books. The program's goal was apparently to sift through the various reports of unified, unidentified. <laughs> We're seeing the effects of alcohol. Unidentified. Uh, Mike, why don't you take it from here, buddy? Run with this torch. Oh, okay, I could do that. I could do that. The program's goal was to apparently shift through the various sift through. Oh, you're doing just as good as I am. God damn. Yeah, it's it's it's. We're contagious. not strong readers, people. How many times no, are I gonna tell you? I just. I haven't had dinner, so I'm just like extremely hungry right now. So like that's really my thing right now. I'm just like, uh, the program's goal was apparently to sift through the various reports of unidentified objects that are glimpsed with some regularity by military personnel. But in an attempt to overcome the United States potentially disastrous ga gap in UFO research, which its backers see as an outgrowth of a dangerously juvenile taboo about alien research fostered by this by snide condescending media pieces. Like the one you are currently reading right oh, now. They're, oh, they're all tongue-in-cheek about it. Aren't they cute? And actually, you can strike that part about needing to notify former Blink-182 frontman and award-winning UFO researcher Tom DeLong about the program and its planet-saving intent. He presumably already knows. Since Elizondo is now one of the members of his DOD Vet Filled to the Stars Academy, which apparently is currently raising money for its own attempt at a revolutionary new spacecraft, that will feel very bad for making fun of when it inevitably saves the planet from total alien ex alien extinction. Uh, do you gotta be so cunty about it, avclub.com? Do you gotta be so condescending? Do you gotta? I mean... Well, I gotta be honest. Crowd crowdfunding for a UFO? Sure, it's ridiculous. But I mean... Yeah, it's all gonna... They're all gonna be laughing until, like, some shit comes out. I mean, geez, like... Something's going on. I don't know. I'm well. I mean, I'm buzzed. I, I don't know. The whole like UFO crowdfunding thing is a bit is is a bit silly for sure. I mean, I haven't read the article. It sounds silly. Absolutely, it sounds sensationalized. And I know nobody listening to this podcast except me and maybe three other people care about this kind of shit. But <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I, well, we at least hope you cared about this podcast and enjoyed yourselves. There you go. Well, I think that's all we have for um, this episode. We can plug some things. Sure. Uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, consider doing so. Um, it's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. You get a bunch of perks. If you we definitely appreciate it. Yes. You want to give us a Christmas gift. Yeah. Thank you again to Hannah um, for, for her Christmas donation. Yes. We, we very much appreciate it, Hannah. It does not go unnoticed um, or unappreciated. Um, if you want to become a fan of us on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries, though I would highly encourage you to join the more vibrant, more active, more fun uncovering unexplained mysteries fan page on Facebook. Um, yet another thing to plug now, we have a Twitter account and I post exclusive content on there. You can follow us at uncovering um, that's at uncovering um, that's our Twitter handle. Um, me and Mike, if that wasn't enough fucking content, we have YouTube channels that we've both been <laughs> pouring our time and efforts into. Mike, for like fucking 10 years now at least. Good <laughs> lord. You can find him at youtube.com slash OCP communications. He does reviews on movies. That's his main shtick, but he does do taste testing and stuff like that. 
he does very thorough movie reviews. It's not like the uh, other funds you see on the internet. There's facts and opinions aplenty. You can find me on YouTube at www.dancingwithghosts.com. I just did a review on uh, Ancient Aliens. Well, I didn't just do it. I did it like three weeks ago. Um, <laughs> I haven't had time to do a new video, dude. I've been so busy. But that's, uh, I do, uh, the guy who goes, aliens, all those memes. If you want to see me dressed up like him with the crazy hair and all, I suggest you uh, check out my YouTube channel and also considering also consider subscribing to me. I'm going to try to sober up. Um, <laughs> yeah, please do. Yeah, blame Thomas, man. Or take a cold shower. Dude, it was Thomas. Like <laughs> we went out and drank, and and he just forced me to drink, and that's the story I'm sticking with. And and don't <laughs> ask him to corroborate because my my version is the only version you need of that story. <sighs> All, right. All right, gang. So until uh, what well, is next next week's Christmas? Isn't there one Saturday before Christmas? Because Christmas is on a Sunday, uh, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if we're going to yeah. be here next week or not. We'll see. Me and Mike will talk about it and see if we want to do it. We might take a Christmas break. Who the fuck knows? Um, but I think that'd be a good idea. Until next time, though, uh, we will, we will uh, talk to you at another time in space and place. And uh, what, is, what, is, um, what is George Norrie and Art Bell say at the end of Coast to Coast AM? They only have this like some sign-off thing. I don't know. But ours is just, uh, say it. The Last Jedi fucking sucks. <laughs> Alrighty, well. Yeah, I don't. I I, I want to see it. I, I was gonna see it today. A bunch of weird, crazy shit came up that I'll worst Star Wars film ever. If you ask me, what? Like, so disrespectful. Such an insult. Really? Extremely boring. Damn. Yeah, that's a that's a bold statement, man. A lot of people on my I, on my Facebook were like saying, "Oh, it was awesome." But, you know, I think it's pretty it's pretty blanket statement to say a new Star Wars movie is awesome, you know? I mean, like... A lot of people love Phantom Menace, and honestly, I'd rather watch that a million times over The Last Jedi easily. Damn. That has more going for it. Did you like, did you like Episode 7? I thought it was okay. I thought it was decent. Do you, li uh, do you like the Star Wars movie franchise at all, or are you... Oh, I do. I'm a fan of the original trilogy. Okay. And uh, this movie's just made me respect the prequels more, which I think is not what their intention was. Oh, God. No, nobody should ever respect the prequels more. Well, I do. They have a lot more going for them. Oh, God. You know, I, I feel like in retrospect, the prequels They're are going to be... They're not as much of a disrespectful slap in the face to the franchise as The Last Jedi is. You'll see what I mean. Now, yeah, we're talking about this with the with the with the fact that like I haven't seen it yet, and I don't want Mike to spoil anything. So, but hey, yeah. I totally understand. Just <laughs> are you gonna make a video about it? Yeah, I will later for sure. Um, I, I definitely have to say to quote Mark Hamill, "It's not going to way. It's not going to go the way you think." All right, it isn't. 
I'll see. I'll, uh, I I I want to go and see it as soon as possible. Honestly, like I want to get it out of the way because I'm tired of running into like these situations <laughs> the with spoilers. people. Yeah, where it's like, don't tell me, don't tell me. Like with the last with uh, the last Star Wars film, Force Awakens. Oh yeah. yeah, there was a lot of big spoilers in that one. You know, like Han yeah. Solo biting the dust and all that shit. You know, like. Another one bites the dust, so and do, another one do, gone, and do, another do, one gone, and another do, one do, bites do, the do, dust. Doop, boo boo doop, boop boo, ba doo doo boop boop ba doo. Ow! Shoot up! How you think I'm gonna get alone? But you have a dough. Anyway, I think I had, I think I had some decent. I think I picked some decent ones, pretty good ones. In terms of like the miracles, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of just crap. Yeah, it's funny when through. I was when I was rewatching the uh, Lady in Black or whatever. Um, I was watching it on the Amazon Prime on season eight, and then right yeah. after Lady in Black, a really good one came on about this like right wing militia guy, and I'm like, oh, I'd rather. Talk we already talked about that, didn't we? No, no, it's not the Kentucky militia oh, okay. guy. It's another. There's there's oh, okay. there's more than one. <laughs> well, I saw some that I want to talk about too. Uh, Debbie's attacker from season three. You remember that one where this woman gets kidnapped by this black guy who has a shotgun and like is pointing it at her point blank and then she gets essentially they don't show it but she gets chased into the woods and gets her face shot off and then wanders off and gets uh, picked up by the by the police and somehow survived her horrific ordeal. Yeah. Damn, I don't remember that one. Yeah, there's there's definitely some. I don't, I don't remember ever seeing that one at all. It must have been one that was not on the VHS rips, or I don't remember watching it on the VHS rips. And then it, it just came out of nowhere, just like a smack in the face uh, when I was re watching season three recently. So I was just like, whoa, like that one actually scared the shit out of me. Like the scene where she goes in, the, she's running away and it's in slow motion. You got the creepy music going and the camera shaking around. And this guy's chasing after him. I was like, where, the, where do you think you're going? You're not going anywhere. It's just, it's just the way it was, it was shot. It was just like, ugh. Yeah, <laughs> sure. And then another one uh, from season six I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. It's a, a doctor who killed a bunch of people. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. And he just got joy in killing people, it seemed like. <laughs> All right, let me grab another beer real quick. <laughs> Sorry, I, I got the buzz going. I can't let it stop now. Born two oh seven. We got a drunk Josh for the podcast. Little tipsy Mike wouldn't say drunk. Special podcast. Tipsy Josh. Tipsy tips. Making an appearance. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep those biscuits rolling. Rahide. Mike, can I tell you something? Yeah, I feel like we're doing a fucking. I feel like this podcast is off to a great start. I agree. I, I just <laughs> I, and it's not the beer talking. <laughs> it might be the beer talking because that that's what I hear from my dad when he's like getting drunk. He's all you know. This is this is what this is me. Like this is what I'm being honest. Like this is the the, the most honest me possible. Your, like, and the most obnoxious and annoying you. Your so. your dad or your stepdad. My dad. Oh, okay. My dad. Because I was about to say, what wasn't your stepdad the, like the super my Christian step, guy? My stepdad doesn't do that oh, okay. at all. No way. Although he tattooed his hands. Your stepdad? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. That's crazy. So that was but, a, hey. That, you know that was the case. His body, his choice. 
Okay, that's an edit. Well, it was already an edit anyway. Um, okay, Barney. Gee, Homer. How's Marge doing? Um, I gotta take a break and take okay. a piss real quick. Just fucking sneezes on people. <laughs> the other case is of Jim Pirogue, a young man who laps into a coma after a car accident. His parents, Joanna Stanley, were given the sample of oil by a friend. They placed the oil on his head seven days after the accident. Soon he awoke from a coma. A year later, he graduated graduated from high school. Good for him. I'm glad, you know, if the placebo effect worked for these people and they got better and and that's that's wonderful. What's not wonderful is what this little girl was subjected to and pretty much paraded around all over these places as if she's some kind of religious icon. Um, I don't really think that was okay at all. And it doesn't seem like she really had a choice for any of this and not like she could really say anything to say that, she, no, mom, I don't want to do this. No, mom, I didn't talk to the Virgin Mary. No, mom, like, I'm not, this is, this is bullshit. She can't say that. She can't speak for herself. She can't defend herself. Oh damn! Were you still so, going, Mike? I told you I had to take a piss. Yeah, it's it's easier. It's easier for I. I just decided to just keep going. Keep going. Oh, okay. So, um, but I was basically talk. I mentioned Jim Perogue, and then I was just talking about how wrong it was for the mother to do what she did. Like if if, and I was saying that like if these tears or whatever this oil helped these people that I just talked about get better. Fine. That's great. It's wonderful. Uh, I, I'm glad they're better. But I don't think it's okay to have put Audrey through all of what she was put through by her parents at all. Yeah. She had no choice in the matter. She couldn't say, hey, mom, I don't want to do this because she can't can't speak for herself. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they are keeping her in her condition because they thought that one day a cure might be had. They were kind of doing it in, in a semi-exploitive nature and what I, I feel mm -hmm. like, you know? I mean, it's like, oh, she's got religious superpowers. That's why we're keeping her alive. I, I don't think it's, it's semi-exploitative. Like, from what I've been reading with the whole stuff, I mean, nobody... It didn't seem like anybody other than the mother saw these things happen... And then she's all, look, there's this, there's this oil, and there's this blood, and there's this and that, and that's very suspicious. Reminds me a lot Call of Ghost Call me skeptic. Boy. Call me a skeptic. Yes, it is. Reminds me a lot of that bullshit. 